Welcome back to the Military Homeschool Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Niehoff. On this episode, we're talking about how to determine what curriculum is right for your homeschool program. And joining me to talk about that is Stephanie Siebold, who'll share with us how she makes that decision for her family. Welcome to the show, Stephanie. Hi. Stephanie, I'm so excited you're here. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Please introduce yourself and tell us more about your family. Well, I'm Stephanie. Um, We're getting ready to start our 10th year homeschooling. I've got a husband who is actually the one that convinced me to start homeschooling. Um, Our oldest, she came home when she was starting second grade. She was starting second grade because things didn't work out. She's going to be 17 in October. Our middle one will be 14 next month. Um, he's, he's definitely his own quirky person. And our youngest just turned 12. And he's going into what we'll call seventh grade. I have work, I have one business that I work from home and I have another one that I work with the old schoolhouse helping other people get started homeschooling. That's awesome. And that's how we met. And I just know you have so much wisdom about curriculum choices and, um, and I follow your Facebook page and I think, oh, she's got such great insights. So I'm so glad you're here today. And I'd like to ask you, what led you to make the decision to homeschool? Well, my oldest went, I, I was happy to put her on the bus to send her to public school. She went to public school for kindergarten. Everything was going fine. Her first grade year, um, we started seeing problems with the work that they were sending home was really, really far, I guess, like the first six months of kindergarten. So I couldn't get an answer from the school, called the county. And then I got a conference call from her principal and her teacher telling me not to call the county office anymore unless there was something good to say about the school. So we put her in a charter school for the rest of first grade and that wasn't working out. So my husband said, okay, well, why don't we homeschool? Her second grade year was my middle son's, um, it was his kindergarten year and my youngest just kind of tagged along doing, you know, whatever he could. That was that we were, we were done. We were all in. Wow. It sounded like that school just did not want to hear any critiques. Not at all. (laughs) Like a lot of the school systems today, which is why many of us homeschool. So what then with all the curriculum choices out there and being a a new homeschooler, how did you determine what homeschool curriculum to use for your children? Well, I started digging around like a lot of people did on back then. It was the Yahoo um, email groups and some of the Facebook groups, and they would recommend um, just different free programs. So we did one of we did one of those for the first year, which was fine, but it was getting harder to do as they got older. So we decided to try a Becca our second and third year, and. That curriculum is great as long as you know you don't have to do everything. I was not one that could separate and say, oh, we only need to do this much for math or this much for English. I was the one who thought we had to do 
all the worksheets and all the flashcards and all the drills. And it almost drove me insane. <laughs> oh, I needed something. I had things that I could combine um, multiple ages for, for different subjects. Right. I had a hard time myself when I first started out because I was the same way and I did everything and tried to do it all and replicate public school at home. And I was overwhelmed, totally overwhelmed. And that was back when I just had two. And then later we added three more to the mix and it was just not going to happen. And I, it was life-changing <laughs> to find out we didn't have to do it all. <laughs> there was something about that is so simple, yet it, it, it gave me permission, which I think sometimes us moms need to say, yeah. I don't have to do it all. That's created for a Christian school setting where they're in there all day long. And homeschool is so much different. It's school, but it's life at the same time. And so uh, we <laughs> we did the same thing. I had to laugh. <laughs> I was trying to stifle my laugh, but I could so relate. It's funny that you say something about trying to do public school at home because I was the one that found the, um, the youth student desks from a public school online and paid, you know, however much for those. We had the whiteboard screwed into the wall. We had the pencil sharpener screwed onto the wall. <laughs> So they had almost the whole experience and it did not last at all. I can so relate. <laughs> yeah, we even, I had the schedule and um, I had followed this family that they did this, um, the schedule where you kind of um, tacked in or taped in or whatever, 30 minute increments. And, mm -hmm. and so I had a, a, they didn't even have um I didn't have a regular cell phone back then. I um, Palm Pilot or something like that. Yeah. That would ping me so that every 30 minutes to change what we, oh, it oh. was just such a mess. I was, and I'm such a perfectionist that it, it drove me bonkers if I, <laughs> if I didn't follow it exactly and just feel like I completely wrecked the day. And, and then looking back, I'm thinking, well, my kids still had their Bible study. We read aloud together a lot. Actually, we went to the library, we did math. And so we actually accomplished a lot. But when I compared myself to the curriculum and this teacher's guides and the other thing I never took into account is that's for one grade, you know, so it's that teacher in that Christian school is teaching one grade all day where I had two at the time. And it's, it's just, it's, it's flexibility yes. <laughs> has got to be the word of the day. Yes. So, so then with that, I, I'm assuming then you're, uh, and you kind of went over it that your curriculum choice and method changed over the years. So could you kind of expand on that? How did it change? And how did you change what your philosophy, I guess, of education? Um, it changed from me thinking I had to do it all to and be completely rigid to be me being more laid back. Um, like I said, I'd like to come, I have to combine some things across all three kids or I'm not going to get everything done. So we combine Bible, we combine history, which 
now I'll have two, this year I'll have two high schoolers and one middle schooler. But even when my oldest first started high school and I had a high school, a middle school and elementary, we still combined every, we still combined Bible and history and some of the reading. Um, It just, it made it easier. There's, there was nothing saying, oh, you can't have an elementary school kid doing history with your high school kid, which I mean, they did it for however many years in one room schoolhouses and all these other, you know, all these other historical figures, they were homeschooled with their siblings. So if they can do it and it works for them, then why can't it work for me? Exactly. I wanted to ask you then out of curiosity, and this is kind of deviating from what I, the questions I told you that I was going to ask you, what then is your criteria for choosing curriculum? And then does that change or remain the same each year or with each child? So it, my criteria for what I'll use doesn't really change. Um, It has to be Christian-based. It has to be no common core at all um, because there's no reason for it. I don't have to look like the public school. What I use changes based on each kid though, because each one has their own individual needs. My oldest is artsy. So she needs to be able to doodle whether I want her to or not while she's doing her lessons. And so I'll have more art-based stuff for her. My middle one is very old school and does not like computers at all. So he's more workbook and textbook based. Um, And my youngest He's, we're still trying to figure out exactly where he falls. So he likes to do, you know, doodling and that kind of thing. But he's also, I mean, he's a 12 year old boy, so he still bounces off the walls a lot. So he may be on his bed. He may be running around the house. He tries to sit on the table sometimes. It's just a matter of what each one needs. I love that because I think that or at least for me, one of the reasons I homeschool is so that my children aren't boxed in, you know, they can be, and in fact, the Bible says, train up a child in the way they should go, you know, and instead of fitting them into that box. (laughs) And so one that's more artsy, the other one that likes to bounce off the walls, I have one like that. And he does better if I give him anything that's more active. Yes. You know, in fact, when um, we were learning the times table, I, anything I could do to make it an active thing, you know, so we did some memorization with the times table, but I let him stand up and he could jump up and down or however he wanted to recite that back to me. That was fine. You know, we did that with reading. We did that with so many different things. He loved to actually walk around and read out loud to me. (laughs) If I wanted him to read out loud, he was going to have to be able to kind of walk around or move around a little bit. But that is just how he is. He's demonstrative in, and he may be a great public speaker one day. (laughs) (laughs) But I love how you tweak, you know, you choose the curriculum that is going to work for your kids. And, um, it sounds like you're very much like what we do in our family. Very eclectic. Each year it's yes. going to change. <laughs> and I swear I'm going to use the same thing over with the next one, but it's never really worked that way because they're so different. God no, created them to be so unique. <laughs> so choosing a curriculum then, like we had been talking about for a new homeschooler, especially 
can be confusing and overwhelming. So what advice would you give them? I would say get it, talk to people who have been homeschooling for more than two or three years to get advice from. Um, A new homeschooler is good to talk to another new homeschooler or somebody who's been at it for maybe less than two years is great to talk to, but they're going to be almost in the same boat as you are. So they might be trying to replicate public school at home, or they might be using something that it looks great, but it's nothing close to what, um, to what would work for your kids. And on that, if you have friends who have been homeschooling for a while and their kids, you see a lot of your kids in theirs as far as how they do things and how they interact with other people, you could say, oh, this works for Jimmy. And I know that Michael's the same way in a lot of different ways. So let's try this. Also give yourself permission to say, this is not working. I am not, it's only three months into the year. I am not going to stay with this for the next six months or however long you're going to have your school year go for. Give yourself permission to sell the curriculum that's not working or to trash it if it's a workbook and do something else. There's no sense in suffering through it. You know, your kids will pick that up. We did that last year and it was not good. (laughs) It seems like no matter how long, at least for me, that we homeschool, I am still learning and I still get shiny textbook syndrome. Yep. <laughs> you know, where you see that, oh, I want to try that. I haven't seen that before. Or, oh, that is such a pretty cover or whatever, you know, yeah. or everybody else is using that. I've got to try it. And then you're like, oh, it's not going to work. It's too overwhelming. Or my kids are just, they're yawning. Catalogs start coming in the mail. (laughs) And it's like the Sears wish book from 1985 all over again. You want all the things. (laughs) Oh, yes. I love this time of year when it starts, all that starts coming in and you're looking through and the big dreams and plans that I have. Mm -hmm. all my earmarked pages, which maybe a couple of things will actually (laughs) come to fruition at the end of the year. I'll say, oh, out of those 20 things, I did two. Yep. Hey, that's two you didn't do before. (laughs) That's true. That's true. And you know that it's funny you say that because I... Years ago, I struggled with worrying that I was a homeschool failure. As my two oldest came, you know, they came of high school age, and I'm and I'm thinking of all the things I should have done or could have done differently. And then my daughter um, wanted to take college courses, and it was just at a community college, and they asked her since she was homeschooled to test in. And I was petrified. <laughs> I was just sure that, you know, she was smart and, and all that. But I thought, I, I don't think I did enough. It was so affirming to, for her to not only be able to test in with a very high score, but she got a one-year scholarship from that. And I'm like, yes, this is validation that you don't have to be the perfect homeschool mom. Your kids will still learn if you just give them 
the opportunity, they will learn. Yes. Well, Stephanie, this has been such great advice. Where can someone go to connect with you if if they want to just chat with you more about it or um, find your uh, your business? Where can they go? Well, my book business is Seabolt Seconds um, Homeschool Curriculum Consignment on Facebook. Um, my personal page, which most of my homeschooling posts, I believe, are set to public on Facebook, so they can actually comment on those. Um, it's uh, Stephanie Seabolt, and they can e- I mean, they can always email me as well. Awesome. Well, and I will have links to everything, all the resources we mentioned today and your contact information that you're willing to share in my show notes at militaryhomeschoolpodcast.com. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to chat with us today, Stephanie. Thank you for having me. It was fun. It's been a pleasure. Friends, remember when choosing curriculum for your homeschool, Choose what's right for your family. Consider curriculum as a tool rather than a dictator and know you can adjust it to fit the needs of your child and your family. As you think about curriculum, ponder this quote by Raymond S. Moore, who is considered perhaps the father of the modern homeschooling movement. Recipe for genius, more of family and less of school more of parents and less of peers, more creative freedom and less formal lessons, end quote. That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening in. If you have questions, comments, or just need a little encouragement, email me at militaryhomeschoolpodcast at gmail.com or connect with me on Facebook and Instagram. I'll be back next week with another episode of the Military Homeschool Podcast. Happy homeschooling.